VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello and welcome to Baseball Barbacast, the only baseball podcast in the world who got snubbed from the All-Star Game. I'm Jake Mintz, that's Jordan Schusterman, and everyone else made it but us. I am so insulted. A ridiculous travesty of a decision to not send us to Seattle. But good news, you can't stop us. Whether the league office puts us in, whether our fellow podcasts vote us in, whether the fans vote us in, we're going, and you can't stop us. Thursday night, we're heading to Seattle and on this episode of Baseball Barbecast, we're going to talk about some of the players that we will and won't be seeing there. That is for sure. Can you imagine if like um, someone got snubbed and they just bought a ticket and went anyway? <laughs> I just mean, chill. I like sure you can't. I mean, the, I mean, presumably if there are tickets available, I mean, no one's gonna no one's gonna stop you. I think that would go against a lot of some of the things we talked about with the All Star voting last week. Uh, but I do also feel like. It would be kind of a power move for some of the guys that belong there that show up and sit in the stands and put up a big sign that say, I should be on the field, not in the seats. I would love to see someone do that. That's something Tatis would do. So what we're going to do on this show, okay, we are going to roll through the entire All-Star Game rosters. We are going to explain how they were selected and how we get to hashtag snub season. Right, because there are snubs, but it's important to understand why the snubs were snubbed. Then we will provide assorted takeaways from these all-star rosters, talk about what feels wrong, talk about a couple various takeaways, and then after the break, we will review the weekend, the Aroldis Chapman trade, and Alec Manoa's first televised pitching appearance in over a month and a half. But Jordan, let's begin with the all-star rosters. Mm-hmm. Yes, so we already reviewed on Friday's show, uh, I suppose, we got the all-star starters, uh, and that was a nice, now we know how that works, that's the fan vote, and you're going to get all, a lot of the popular players and Orlando Arcia uh, into the starting lineup, and that's great. We already talked about those. Generally, we feel like those are, are good lineups, and we got some injuries there. That's going to be relevant this week as, as guys get replaced. But this round that we got on Sunday night, the week before the All-Star game, is more interesting because what it does tell us is not just, okay, great, who's going to be in the All-Star game. Because of the process, which we are about to discuss in detail, we get to see, one, who fellow players and the peers want to see in the All-Star game and believe deserve to be All-Stars, and two, who the league believes should be in the All-Star game and the commissioner's office who kind of fills in the gaps for some of the teams that need at least one All-Star that aren't necessarily going to be voted in by fellow players, as well as which positions are especially crowded, which of course is a big part of this conversation. So there are 31 players in each team. There are the nine starters. We talked about them before. Take them out of your mind. So we're going to talk about 23 players. Of those 23 players, 17 of them are player voted eight pitchers and a backup player for each position that is nine nine plus eight is 17 does that follow now what's important about this is when the players vote for other players they are voting positionally and so that is how you end up with Whit Merrifield making the team because they needed to vote for an American League second baseman 
Yes. So you have those 17 players voted by the players, and you have the six selections voted, or I guess added by the league to fill in the gaps. Now, because Otani counts kind of as two, the league selected seven for the American League this year. Because I don't know if you know the story, and he hits and he pitches. Interesting. We should yeah. talk more about that if that's yeah. actually been the case. That's crazy. All right. Um, but yes, yeah, so so that fills in the gap. And right, so the Merrifield thing, that, that was the most uh, extreme case this year. But the players were not choosing between him and Wander Franco. They were choosing between him and Brandon Drury, who has a good case to be in over him, or, or Glaber Torres or Zach McKinstry. Like the, Whit Merrifield is a guy that a lot of players know. And it's not like he's having a bad season, but it's just like, oh, sure, him, right? Like if you're picking between those, that's how you end up getting that situation. Now, here are the players we're going to go League by league. American League, the player voted starting pitchers. Garrett Cole, Nathan Ivaldi, Sonny Gray, Shane McClanahan, Shohei Otani. I have no notes. Do you no have notes. notes? Keep 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 on moving. <laughs> player voted relievers. Felix Bautista, Yenie Cano, Emmanuel Classe. I have notes. Yenie Cano being voted in by the players for someone who was not in the big leagues like at the end of last year. Is just incredible. Yeah. That's a guy who has clearly made an impression, not just with the raw numbers, but anybody that's seen him. But but think about that too, because if they've seen him, they've probably seen Bautista also. And the fact that both of them could make that strong of an impression, you don't very rarely see multiple relievers from the same team making the all-star game. Like that's very rare in and of itself. And so this is this is astonishing, but I mean, certainly deserved. I have no complaints about it. Yenny Cano is leading the Orioles, a very good baseball team. In B ref in baseball reference wins above replacement, which is just <laughs> remarkable. Crazy. The player voted position players in the American League. I'm going to go position by position. Remember, there's one for each. Adley Rushman behind the plate. Vlad at first. Whit Merrifield at second. Bo Bichette at short. Jose Ramirez at third base. And then the outfield in no real specific way is Jordan Alvarez, Adelis Garcia, and Austin Hayes with Brent Ricker as the DH. The one that stands out here, I think, is Vlad Jr., who is not having a great year. There are a lot of other candidates at first base who deserve it. Is this a popularity contest? Yes. Do I want to see Vlad in the All-Star game more than I want to see Anthony Rizzo, even if Rizzo might be having a better year? Of course I want to see Vlad. Like, the likelihood of Vlad doing something incredible in Seattle is way higher than Anthony Rizzo. I'm sorry. Yeah. I think uh, the one other one that people mentioned was uh, Josh Naylor, who would, I think, be more entertaining than Anthony Rizzo and has having a strong season. But I'm not going to get mad about Vlad Jr. going. That means the league added the following four starting pitchers. Luis Castillo of Seattle, Kevin Gossman of Toronto, Michael fucking Lorenzen of Detroit, and Framber Valdez in Houston. Now, Castillo and Lorenzen are the only representatives from the various teams. Really kind of sad and embarrassing for the Mariners to yes. host this All-Star game and not have more than one player there. For Julio not to make it, it's mm -hmm. just very representative of their underwhelming first half, I have to say. Lorenzen is the one here that stands out. He has a, what, a 4-3 ERA? Here's what I think happened here. The league, again, as we said, have been forced to, they are the ones picking here. And when they probably made this decision a few days ago, uh, Eduardo Rodriguez was still on the IL. Now, Eduardo Rodriguez has clearly been better than Michael Lorenz, but he hasn't pitched in a month. However, he's supposed to come back this week. Like, that is, he is starting a game in the big leagues this year. He just made a rehab start. 
So I feel like this should, again, I, this is nothing personal against these guys that get in because it's, it's awesome. And I'm glad for any of the rim. When we go back every year that we've gone to the All-Star game for the past, you know, six, seven years, there's always guys there where I'm like, wow, you're here and that's awesome. And Michael Lorenzen, you know, God bless him. But this one is like not even close. Like Erod, I think this, if Erod was healthy, which he is now, which is why this looks dumb, it should be him. He was one of the best pitchers in the league for the first two months. This is from Evan Petzold, who is the Detroit beat writer for the Detroit Free Press. Michael Lorenzen thought the Tigers traded him before A.J. Hinch told him about his all-star selection. Quote, he tried to hide it a little bit that he was going to break the news. I'm like, did I get traded or something? But then he was telling me when I was going to start. Lorenzen continues, quote, I'm like, there's no way. This is fishy. There is no way I made the all-star game. There is absolutely no way. And then he told me I did. I kind of broke down. I'm like, I am a mid four ERA. How did I make the all-star team? But it was awesome. And so that gives me a lot of mixed feelings because on one hand, it makes me like this more. Because, like, Michael Lorenzen is smart enough to know, like, this is weird. Um, but also, the backstory there is so funny. Because we, we're seeing all these videos of managers saying, all right, hey, guys. You know, they know they're about to announce the All-Star. It's going to be you and you and you. But, yeah, if you're on the Tigers or you're on the Royals, right, or some of these bad teams, like, if your manager calls you in, you might think you're getting traded, you know? Right. You know, and maybe maybe I'm skipping ahead here. Maybe when Aroldis Chapman found out he was going to the Rangers, he thought he was going to be an all-star. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but but in this case, uh, but also like he knows it. And so I, but I'm like, I'm, I am happy for him too. It's just goofy. Like, again, I don't care that much. This isn't that serious. Um, but like, I don't know. I feel like also has Eduardo, I feel like Eduardo Rodriguez has not been an all-star before. Yeah, he hasn't. So he finished, you know, sixth in Cy Young in 2019. But like, he's a guy who, after all that he dealt with last year, like, I would have loved to see him get it because he earned it. Like, he 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 looked like the guy that they signed and thought that they got. And so I know he's hurt. He's coming back, whatever. So not that big of a deal. But that's again, I'm not mad at Michael Lorenzen. Um, it just feels goofy. So that's an amazing quote, though. I love that. The league added one reliever in the American League, Kenley Jansen, because the Red Sox needed a representative, and then added two position players, Salvador Perez and Luis Robert. So Salvi, the only Royal, and Luis Robert, the only White Sox. This is a good time, actually, to talk about Wander Franco, who has been one of the best players in the league this season and is not on the original list for the All-Star team. And again, the reason for that is because the league had to add three position players and all three position players they added were the only representative for their team. Now, could they have gone a different route and say, had Giolito be the all-star, you know, rep for the White Sox and snub Luis Robert and have Wander be a position player? Sure. But that's probably a more heinous omission than what they went with. And even still, I think the positional stuff limits you because the problem was Corey Seager's a starter and Bo Bichette was who was selected as the backup shortstop. And I don't think that they were allowed to put in another shortstop, which is stupid. Again, like I, that's where I think the easiest way you could fix some of these situations is just have more flexibility positionally with the reserves. But yeah, in general, I, I think they pretty, pretty realistic. I know there's some Red Sox outfielders that also deserve it. I don't think they deserve it over the outfielders that got in, but I could say, I can understand saying they deserve it more than Kenley. Sure. 
Let's just talk about the American League here. What feels weird? What feels notable? What feels off? What feels wrong? For me, it's the fact we only have two Astros and two Yankees, which is a changing of the guard in some ways. These two teams played for the ALCS last year. Both have been not just underwhelming in the standings, but have lacked the dominance and scare factor that they've held over the last half decade. Judge and Cole are the only Yankees right now. Framber and Jordan Alvarez are the only Astros right now. Judge and Jordan are both hurt and probably won't play in the game itself, which means Cole and Framber are the only guaranteed Astros and Yankees. Very yeah, and the Yankees last year had, what, six? It was like some, I remember seeing the picture. We got Nestor on there and Clay Holmes. And I made the case for Clay Holmes as on my all-snub team. I mean, the Yankees still have, even after... Uh, kind of a rough weekend, still have the lowest bullpen ERA in baseball. So to not have any of those guys feels weird. And Clay Holmes is a proven dude. I mean, he's, he's if you're going right. to pick one, I, I would say he's deserving. But that whole unit not being represented felt a little strange also. So the way I feel about the All-Star game generally and how it will inform all my opinions on this is I want the game to be a summary of the first half of the season. An exhibition that is representative of how the first three months plus went. And to me, there are not enough Tampa Bay Rays on this list. And that does fold into Wander. They were so much the story of the first month, month and a half of first the season. Two months. Yeah. First two months. And to only have, I guess, McClanahan, Yandi, and Randy Rosarena feels a little bit underwhelming to me. Yeah. I mean, those are definitely, I mean, Wander, we, we, I think Wander will end up on the team, so I'm not going to stress too much about that one. Like he's presumably, I don't think they have to adhere to positional stuff as strictly for for um for replacements. Although we'll see. Um, but there's just so many of those guys that have performed, and I mentioned some of them in my in my all snub team, like Paredes and Josh Lowe and Luke Rayleigh has been incredible. I mean, the whole offense has been sensational, and obviously even some of the other. Uh, some of the other pitchers as well. So I agree with you. I mean, it hasn't been as, you know, because the Braves clearly got that treatment in the NL comfortably. And, and we know that they have <laughs> a lot more fans to vote them in to the first place and a lot more respect across the league in general than, than Tampa Bay does and more name recognition. And I get that. But if we are going to reflect that, I do totally agree with you. Because by the way, Texas is what got that treatment. I'm not saying they don't deserve it, but Texas is the team that really got it more than Tampa in the American League. All right, let's talk about the National League Atlanta Braves. They have eight players, LOL. The player voted starting pitchers. Bryce Elder, Mm. who started the year as the opening day pitcher for the Gwinnett Stripers in AAA, will be an all-star and a deserved one. Congrats to Bryce Elder of the Atlanta Braves. Zach Gallen, Clayton Kershaw. Spencer Strider, who's leading the world in strikeouts, and Marcus Stroman. No notes on any of these. I mean, you have Elder and Stroman, who have had phenomenal seasons. You have had Zach Gallon, who's a top five pitcher in the world. Clayton Kershaw, future Hall of Famer, and Spencer Strider, who, even though the ERA is higher than maybe what you would expect, he is Spencer Strider and is totally deserving. The player voted relievers. Camilo Doval of the San Francisco Giants, Josh Hader of the San Diego Padres, and Alexis Diaz of the Cincinnati Reds. Any thoughts here, Jordan Schuestman? Nope. All all checks the box. I mean, Alexis Diaz, the only Reds representative we'll talk a little bit more about, again, like the story of the first half and whether they deserve more. But he was the no-brainer. He deserved it. And yep, easy. 
player voted position players in the National League. Will Smith making his first all-star appearance behind the dish as a Los Angeles Dodger. Matt Olson at first. Ozzy Albies at second. Dansby Swanson at short. Austin Riley at third is a very funny infield. It is the Braves of 2022. And Freddie Freeman starting, right? So we, we're going to have a nice nice little dugout there uh, on, the, on the National League side. It's eight Braves and Dansby and Freddie. And Solaire, by the way. We're, we're, sorry, I'm jumping ahead, but go ahead. <laughs> and the outfield for the voted position players is Nick Castellanos as the only Phillies rep. Lourdes Goriel from the Arizona Diamondbacks. Juan Soto from the San Diego Padres and Jorge Soler as the DH for the National League, uh, the backup one. My first thought here, Jordan, Mm -hmm. with Castellanos, Lourdes Gurriel, and Juan Soto as the three outfielders, who the heck is coming in to play center field? Oh, my gosh. Oh, this is such a good point. Because, let me just Let me finish my point. Give me one second. These three gentlemen have played a combined 50. 15,000 innings in the outfield in their big league careers without a single appearance in center field. None of them have ever played in center field at all as a major leaguer. 15,000 innings between Juan Soto, Lourdes Gurriel, and Nick Castellanos. And one of them is probably going to have to play center field in the All-Star game. So our starters are Mookie, Corbin Carroll, and Acuna. Um, Now that's already interesting as to who's going to play center of that trio. And so I imagine it'll be Carroll, who's I think had the most time in center, but all three of them we've seen in center, of course. Uh, But yeah, that's a great point. Or you just let Carroll just play the whole game. Play nine. Yeah, uh, I don't. I know he's now has some minor shoulder injury, but anyway, uh, that no, it's just a great point. It's a great thing to to watch out for, and especially because it's like the game is you know ne- not necessarily the most exciting part. It's still better than other sports all star games, but later on in the game that will be a, a storyline to watch. Great call, great call. And you could see, I think it'll be Nick Castellanos. I think it'll that, be Gurriel, but that's but I I, I I mean I was just looking to see if Solaire's ever played center, but he hasn't either. So I don't know. I, it would could we put an infielder out there? Could we put? Eh, probably not. Yeah, I, don't think so. <laughs> I think the most likely thing that happens is Brandon Nimmo makes it as a replacement. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. But dude, the idea of like a soft line drive falling in front of a diving Nick Castellanos is the ball. <laughs> Rolls to the wall. They're just playing deep, dude. They're not. You think anyone's diving? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> uh, let's finish off the National League. The league added three starting pitchers. Justin Steele of the Chicago Cubs. Jojo Gray of the Washington Nationals. Shouts out. And Mitch Keller of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Jojo Gray and Mitch Keller are the only reps from their respective teams. The one league added reliever is Devin Williams, the only rep from the Brewers. And then the two position players added are Elias Diaz, a catcher from the Rockies, who you've maybe never heard of, and Pete Alonso, who you definitely have heard of from the New York Mets, who, by the way, yesterday announced he is going to do the home run derby. Any takeaways from who the league added here? Not really. Um, I mean, it is interesting because the Braves have all these guys. There are more teams than normal left with just one, even some teams that are pretty good, uh, like Milwaukee. And I, I mean, the Mets are not good, but like the Mets only having one is kind of wild. I think Mitch Keller, you know, it's basically you're saying him over over Bednar. And, you know, you could have made that adjustment 
you know, it is what I mean. I'm super happy for Mitch. Remember, remember, he was he. I I called this a year and a half ago. He was after I said Mitch Keller was going to pull Lucas Giolito in 2022. I was a year early, so very happy to see uh, Keller get in. Devin Williams, you know, nothing wrong with that pick. And then yeah, JoJo Gray. I mean, Mackenzie Gore has a strong case. Also, Lane Thomas. I know certainly someone who maybe had an argument, although he certainly would not help the the outfield defense either in the National League outfield. Uh, but Jojo Gray has certainly earned it in, in his kind of second full season with the Nats and um, very excited to see him out there. So in the National League, I think the two teams that are underrepresented, Jordan, the Giants and the Reds, mm-hmm. right? The Reds have yeah, the story. You could still say the D-backs. You could still say the D-backs also, but they at least had uh, a few. Mm-hmm. They had three. Mm-hmm. I mean, the D-backs having three feels like the right number. Sure. The Reds, who have been the storyline of the last month in baseball, having yeah. only their closer feels a little bit underwhelming to me. I think they maybe end up with one more. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm not sure. I made the case for Spencer Steer, who's been amazing. Like they have these three rookies in Steer, McLean, and, and Dela Cruz, who basically since they came up, they just can't lose. I mean, Dela Cruz has lost like four games as a major leaguer or something crazy. Maybe he hasn't played enough or compiled enough. But when you look at Steer and McLean, who have been up basically since the beginning of May, like those guys are right up there. Like they have, it's not just the rate stats. Like they've compiled some really impressive offensive numbers, both of them, as Steer, another monster weekend. So I think they, they both have strong cases. I don't know which of them would be more likely to be added, but they're both deserving. One last thing, and then we'll take a break and return with our list of snubs. So this is heading back to the starters, though. Uh, Josh Young and Corbin Carroll are mm. two rookies starting the All Star game. My friend. Jordan Schusterman, do you know the last time two rookies started the All-Star game together? So I think I retweeted this from Sarah Langs, but I don't remember the answer. So I think it was like 2006 or 8. 2008. Yeah. Kasuke Fukudome (laughs) and Giovanni Soto, both Cubs, started the All-Star game together. Yes. And that Soto year... Um, was an incredible, one of the all-time rookie seasons that was really never topped. Um, just a Giovanni Soto underratedly bizarre baseball reference page. It was the fourth year he had appeared in the big leagues, but he beat out Joey Votto that year for rookie of the year. So that's like one of the things that Joey Votto weirdly does not have, even though he was amazing from the jump. And they, he had just as good of a case as, uh, as Soto, but Soto was was a story of that, of that year. So yeah, that's that's a good one. So him and, sorry, oh, and Fukudome, so both Cubs. Wow, that's amazing. There have never been two rookies, one on each team, to start the All-Star game. So that is going to be that's kind of cool. That's kind of nuts, but that's that's cool. I mean, they're both they're both deserving. Josh Young is is just, he's the real deal. He's a, he's a huge part of, of what makes that Rangers lineup so terrifying. All right, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, Jordan Schusterman will run us through his all snub list. And then I will run you through who got snubbed from Jordan's all snub list. This is former PGA Tour winner Smiley Kaufman, host of The Smiley Show, a SiriusXM podcast. You want to know what I love about golf? I get to talk to some really cool people. I get to walk the fairways of the best courses in the world with the best players in the world. And I get to share it with you every single week. Listen to The Smiley Show right now on Stitcher, Pandora, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's Smiley, S-M-Y-L-I-E. And welcome back to Baseball Barbacast Snub Mints and Jordan Snubsterman here as your hosts. 
All-star season means snub season. It is a time for fans to get frustrated, angry, and aggrieved on the internet to voice their disappointment with the system and how it has aggrieved their various baseball teams and how the players they love have been left on the outside, forced to take a vacation to see their family instead of going to Seattle to play two innings of baseball. But they are mad nonetheless. Jordan mm. Schusterman, the snub expert of our time, who made your all-snub team this year? So, yeah, I decided to just go one at every position. There are certainly some positions that deserve more than others, but I'll run you through the lineup. Behind the dish, William Contreras. We had to have a Rocky, so I'm not mad about Elias Diaz, but Contreras, excellent season. Suddenly one of the best defensive catchers in the league. <laughs> Brewers catching lab has done it again. First base. Lamont Wade Jr. As you mentioned, Giants deserve more attention. He's been their best hitter. OBP machine at the top of the lineup there. Love Lamont Wade Jr. Uh, so we'll give him first base. Cattell Marte at second. This one is, is like, honestly, maybe the second most egregious one behind Wander being missed, but maybe even worse because I would say that Marte has a stronger case over Albies more than Franco has a stronger case over Bo Bichette. So Cattell Marte at second, Wander Franco at short. Don't need to explain that. I mentioned Steer at third. I know he's played some other positions, but I'll keep him there. In the outfield, Luke Rayleigh or Josh Lowe. I think Rayleigh's been more consistent and certainly the more dominant hitter. So I'd put him out there. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., ever heard of him? He's pretty good. So unsurprised that he was not picked by either the league who suspended him or the other players who are aware that he was suspended for PEDs. I'm not surprised whatsoever. I don't think he's going to get added as an injury replacement. I think he's going to be fully excluded. I don't think he's going to get invited to the home run derby. All that said, I obviously want to see him <laughs> there. So, like, again, if we want to be entertained, he's still one of the most entertaining players. So not surprised. Don't expect him to be there, but he has to be on here. That's his probation. Yes. 100%. Uh, and then my other, last outfielder, Brandon Nimmo. Brandon Nimmo, who somehow has never made an all-star game, was amazing last season. And it was like, oh, is he – like, he can't repeat that. Well, he's been every bit as good. He has been more consistent than Pete Alonso. And I think he's not been the problem. Like, I, he could have been a version – there's a version of this Mets disaster where also Nimmo sucks because, oh, he can't replicate that. That has not been the case. He's been awesome. I hope he, I hope he gets on there just so he can play center field at the very least. Can I go through who you... Yeah, do, do your position players first. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so Jordan Schusterman is an idiot, is the first mm -hmm. thing everyone needs to know. And he's disrespectful, mm -hmm. and he doesn't take people's feelings into account. And so he left, egregiously, the following players off of his snub list. Here's my all-snubbed list from the snub list. Patrick Bailey of the San yeah. Francisco Giants behind the plate. Yeah. Sure, Someone named Patrick Bailey, according to Anthony DiComo. I don't know if you saw that, that tweet that he got rightfully flamed for. Uh, yeah, I tried to keep it to people who played at least had 200 plate appearances, but I almost put him on there. He has been amazing. I agree. He is uh, fourth in Fangraph's war yeah. for National League catchers. And he has played 35 games. I didn't so want he, to be accused of, of Bailey bias, so I decided to stick with, with Contreras. Not allowed to vote in anyone with the same name as your fiancé. First base, Paul Goldschmidt is yeah. having like a regular Paul Goldschmidt season. I know. I just don't care. <laughs> just like I, like, I could have put him on there, but it's like, what do I need to stump for Paul Goldschmidt for? I don't think people should be discriminated against just because they're boring. At second base, Nico Horner. Yeah, sure. Nico Horner 
Jordan, I don't know if you saw, but Marcus Stroman sent out a tweet that said Nico Horner needs to be an all-star. Marcus Stroman, whose team has three all-stars, even though they're not that good, shot out a tweet to defend or Nico Horner. Here's yeah. the tweet. Here we go. So quick on that. Marcus Stroman tweeted out that he and Justin Steele were all-stars like five hours before it was announced, which I thought was great because Steele was one that people weren't 100% sure was going to make it. And so, but you know Stroman, if he can if he can beat the media on something, he's going to do it. Here, Here's uh, Marcus Stroman's tweet. Need Nico Horner in the all-star game. Dynamic player who impacts each and every game. Thankful to have him on my squad. Thanks, dude. And then he, right after that, he tweets, would love to see at Mark Leiter Jr. and at Adbert Alzale in the All-Star game. They've been elite coming out of the bullpen all year. Respectfully, Marcus Stroman, the Cubs are under 500. They and sure they don't get six All-Stars. <laughs> My no. man. Why didn't, why didn't he mention Julian Merriweather, who has a lower FIP than Mark Leiter Jr. in the same number of innings? I don't I mean, know. You're going to have to ask Now, Marcus now we know yourself. who he's friends with. Now we know who he's friends with. <laughs> Let's keep going on the snub snub list. Shortstop, Ellie De La Cruz. Ellie De La Cruz yeah. has not played enough games. He has not even been that good. Like, he's been great, but he hasn't... He's been really good. Yeah. What he's, do you want to see? Off. He's, he's cooled off a little bit recently. He has struggled from the right side of the plate. I think yes. teams are realizing that he is a switch hitter, but he is much better from the left side. Maybe we just get him there. Like, that's what people want to see <laughs> is an exhibition game shoehorn him into the conversation. Sure. Third base, Isaac Paredes, who has been spectacular for Tampa. Not particularly interesting, but he yeah. should be there. In the outfield, I'm going to go with Asturi Ruiz, who has 8,000 stolen bases. <laughs> That's true. He's going to steal 70 bags. That's true. Okay. Sure. If I want the first, if I want the All-Star game to be representative of the first half, what better way than say everyone steals bases now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Christian, that's, that's, that's fair. Christian Yelich. Christian Yelich yeah. is half back he's not full back but he's half back and the brewers are right up there in the nl central and he has been pretty good i just wrote about him last week at fox he just had his best month since 2019 basically like this was the best version of christian yelch we've seen over a calendar month since he was mvp right so uh this is our mvp level at least so yeah that's that's fine that's that's totally reasonable and then Lane Thomas, who I don't know yeah. how you snubbed him from your snub list. <laughs> well, because I, I had him in and then I decided to make my Tatis point instead um, for my three outfield spots. But yeah, I mean, Lane Train, like for sure. That no, no. Nationals, Nationals outfielder Lane Thomas, who right now uh, I think has a higher WRC plus than I think everybody. He has more hits than every outfielder not named Acuna and Castellanos. So there you go. Yeah. He's a hit machine. Really good. Totally. Uh, he was on right on there. Then I didn't end up doing him. All right. My starting rotation of snubs, my, my snub, snub starters in no particular order. There are so many starting pitchers to choose from as there usually are. No, and I'm sure, order. I'm sure you're going to pick the five wrong ones. Oh, <laughs> damn right. Damn wrong. Sorry. Jesus Lazardo, Jesus Lazardo, uh, lefty in Miami. Just, he's been so good. And I love Yuri Perez also, but Lazardo's been doing it all season as Sandy has continued to struggle. One of the best lefties in the league. Joe Ryan, 
and Pablo Lopez or Pablo Lopez. Twins rotation has been top three the entire season. They're the only reason they're in first place because their offense sucks. Both of these guys have gotten so much better from last year. Again, not that the Marlins are taking the trade back, but Lopez has gotten better. Strikeouts are way up. He looks great. Ryan looks great. Love Joe Ryan. George Kirby, I think it was more deserving than Luis Castillo. Uh, He's possibly going to post a historically low walk rate, and he is also just getting a lot of outs and preventing runs and going deep into games. He has the highest quality start percentage of any pitcher in baseball, and he's awesome. So George Kirby, I feel like he's leveled up more than Luis Castillo has this year, so he's great. Blake Snell has been one of the best pitchers in baseball for the last month and a half. I know he sucked in April, but like when he's on, this is the best we've seen him. I know Jake is as anti-Blake Snell as it gets, and you would rather stump for Michael Waka, which I'm sure you're about to do in two minutes. But this is where I'm going to overlook the ERA and go straight to the eye test and take Blake Snell over Michael Waka. And then the last one, which I doubt you will complain about, is Tyler Wells, who leads all starting pitchers, lowest whip in baseball. Is he getting like absurdly lucky uh, BABIP-wise? Absolutely. Uh, but that's fine because he's throwing strikes. Defense is helping him out. And the step forward that he has made this year has been so important for the Baltimore uh, rotation. Um, as Cole Irvin was demoted and Kyle Gibson gets rocked every three starts and he's just been great. So I like Tyler Wells. Do you folks listening hear that echo inside Jordan's head? It's because there's no brain in there, just (laughs) empty space. And that is why he's made so many abhorrent and immoral decisions on his snub list. Here who, here's who the truth, the truth is. Here's the truth. Logan Webb. Yeah, he, yeah, I mean he's he he was on my list too. He's more bulk than uh, yeah, than like excellence, but that's good. We like bulk. I love bulk. Him the and most, Bieber, similar case. Yeah, the most important ability is availability. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mm-hmm. want gents who roll out there every five days and they post like mm-hmm. Malone, Logan mm-hmm. Webb, 110 innings pitched, second in baseball behind only Zach Gallen, and he's had one fewer start. Than gallons. Yeah. So that no, he's is great. particularly impressive. No complaints. Michael Waka, Waka Waka AA. I mean, if I had told you Michael Waka would be in the mix for a, a Cyrus Young award at the beginning of the year, you would have said, why? He has the 11th best pitching war among National League starters. And if that doesn't <laughs> say all star, then I don't know what does. Zach Wheeler, who, yeah, you know, good one. FIP, what is FIP, friends? FIP is fielding independent pitching. How good have you been if you take luck out of the equation on only batted balls? Uh, take all those batted balls and just put them in the uh, the sink and press the zhuzh button. What's it called? Uh, the disposal. disposal. <laughs> yeah, put the batted balls in the disposal. Zach Wheeler has a 2.82 FIP and a 4.03 ERA, which means he's been very unfortunate and even more unfortunate considering considering both the fans, the league, the players, and Jordan Schusterman all left him <laughs> off the list. Two more starting pitchers for you. Jordan Montgomery of the St. Louis Cardinals. <laughs> There's one that was not on my radar at all, so make the case. Imagine waking up every day. And having to be on the 2023 St. Louis Cardinals mm. and still being good at your job. Wow, he has been great. He's been really good. If that doesn't deserve recognition, folks, I don't know what does. And then last but not least, Zach Granke. <laughs> okay. Here's why. Yeah, yeah. Every year, the league has like a special disposition where they can say, 
These old guys have contributed to our sport and deserve to be celebrated in front of a national audience. Last year is Miguel Cabrera and Albert Pujols. And this year, the league has not selected anybody yet. Zach Greinke could have 10 more years in the league or he could be gone in a week. And for as long as he's still around, I think he deserves to be celebrated. Now, does Zach Greinke want to go to the All-Star game? Absolutely not. He wants to sit at home and scout the draft is what he wants to do. But I think we should force him into the limelight one final time so we can all say goodbye. So that's my snub list of pitchers. Jordan, who are your relievers? I need your relievers. Uh, all, all, by the way, all good picks. Um, my relievers are David Bednar, Yoan Duran, and uh, who is my last one? Oh, Clay Holmes. I mentioned him earlier. Um, I so many to choose from. I there's one I think you'll probably do is good. Bednar's been just awesome. Not quite as good as last year. Him and Holmes not quite as good as they were when they were all stars last year. But like, well, Bednar's been better. Holmes has been Bednar's been better. I don't really know what you need more to see from him. I mean, I'm happy that Keller gets there because like I'd rather Keller get the honor than Bednar, who was there last year. But he's been every bit as good as you could hope for. And like, had the Pirates not been absolute dog shit for all of May, he'd probably be leading the league in saves. And that's not his fault. So, and then Duran is just as far as guys who I would like to see pitch an inning under any circumstance, certainly in an all-star game. Like, you know, we talk about, oh, all-star games, they're going to go out there and just let it loose. Well, what does that look like for the guy who's currently the hardest throwing starting pitcher in the, in the war or hardest throwing pitcher in the, in, on the planet? I would like to see what that looks like. We've seen him hit 105 this season. Could we see Yohan Duran in an all-star setting match Aldous Chapman's record at 106. And it's not like he's been bad. Yesterday was the first outing all season that he's allowed two runs in, a, in, a, in an appearance. Uh, he's been great. Stuff's ridiculous. So easy pick for me. Bednar, Duran, and Clay Holmes. I got Jesse Chavez of the Atlanta Braves. Wow. Okay, yeah. What's, what's, why don't we have him? Why don't we celebrate his career? He, he would probably appreciate it more than Zach Greinke. I mean, Jesse Chavez is 39 years old, and he has unironically been fucking amazing this year. I see I that no you're idea. learning this. I knew he was on the team. I knew he was like a guy that pitched a good amount. I had zero clue he had a 155 ERA. Carlos Estevez of the Los yeah. Angeles Angels is the one that like people are most mad about online. Yeah. He has not messed up a save appearance yet. Right. Like he has not blown a save. And to yeah. me, that is deserving. You know, yeah. if you don't, people always say, if you don't like it, play better. And he could not play better. Here, here's where I'm at with Estevez. The overall numbers are are very good. They don't necessarily stand. Like if you just looked at everything besides converting every save, which is his job and he has done, he's merely one of the best and not clearly the best. I think it stands out because to have an Angels closer and reliever this reliable makes him seem like Mariano Rivera. And so because of that, I, I'm not mad about it. I, I think it's a totally fair point. I, I strongly considered him. And I probably should have done him just to appease the Angels fans. I did try to cover as many fan bases as possible. And maybe the Twins didn't need additional love here. So totally fair. I think he would be my next pick. But, you know, so be it. I'm going to go for my last spot with Joel Payops of the Milwaukee (laughs) Brewers. Make the case. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Yeah, go ahead. He's tied for seventh and holds. (laughs) Whoa. Okay. Uh, Everybody listening, what team is Joel Payops on? I just said the Milwaukee Brewers. Look, man, I seventh and holds, right? So I, as a, as a needy person, I want to be held seven days a week, (laughs) you know, by my loved ones. I want to be coddled. I want to be loved. Uh, I want to be held. And he 
seventh in holds, he deserves to be an all-star, in my opinion. I love this pick. I mean, 211 ERA, like he's, we talk about, you know, the Brewers always have some some rando relievers putting up great seasons, and they got him in that trade. They didn't just get William Contreras, they got him, I believe, from Oakland, I think. Um, so, you know what? Hell yeah. Let's let's get Joe. Forget that would be great if they did Joel Payams instead of Devin Williams. <laughs> that would have been really, really, really special. Manfred holds a press conference to talk about how many holds he has. I exactly. love that. Let's exactly. take one more quick break, Jordan. And when we return, we promise we'll talk about some actual baseball games and put the all-star selections behind us in just a moment. And welcome back to Baseball Barbacast. Jake Mintz, Jordan Schusterman. The vibes are good here on this Monday morning. Monday morning, we've uh, we've delayed it just a bit, but let's talk about all the baseball that was over the weekend and run through all the series that happened in the biggest, the most major of leagues. We had two sweeps, the Atlanta Braves just whooping up on the uh, Miami Marlins. It was one of those series, right, where you have the little fish and you got the big fish and the little fish swims up to the big fish and everyone's like, oh, could this be a turning point? Could they prove themselves? And then the big fish is just like, no. Uh, some close games, but, um, it really, the tone was set on Friday, I believe when Yuri Perez allowed six runs in the first inning and it was like, oh, okay, well that's, or sorry, five runs like, oh, well the Braves are better than the Marlins breaking news. Red Sox over the Blue Jays though. That's that caught my attention a little bit more. Red Sox had, I think a four or five game losing streak before this uh, little sweep here, but this is just quintessential AL East nonsense. Anybody can beat anybody, can sweep anybody, can get embarrassed in any given weekend. And this was in Toronto too, right? It is the SEC of Major League Baseball. I have decided until I absolutely need to, I am not going to try and understand the Boston Red Sox. I am going to take them. I'm going to put them in my freezer like when you make too much soup. And if the event comes where I need to understand them, I will thaw them out. But if they are still, you know, right at 500 in a month, they will continue to sit next to the ice cubes and the ice cream and the frozen bagels. Yeah, I and and honestly, at this point, I kind of feel the same way about Toronto. <laughs> um, like I'm, I'm pretty perplexed by them too. Shouts out to Jaron Duran, who we've certainly been skeptical of on this show. Five hit day uh, yesterday with four doubles. Do you know how rare four doubles in a game is, Jake Mintz? It's it's actually more rare than I thought. It has only happened um, 17 times this century. Kyle Farmer did it last year. Kevin Newman the year before that. Um, got Adam Frazier, Matt Carpenter. But then between 2000 and 2014, it only happened like five or six times. So this is pretty rare. This is really like a once a season type thing, four doubles in a game. I would like to say for anybody who's never heard of Jaron Duran, who doesn't know about Jaron Duran, just Google Jaron Duran arms. I believe Jaron Duran has the best arms in the league. Yandi mm. might have bigger arms. But you're, when you factor in the tats? When you factor in the tats, I think Jaron Duran has a real argument for the best arms. Hmm. Interesting. That's a good debate. Email us, baseballbarbercast at gmail.com, who has the best arms. Uh, all right, let's run through the rest of these series results. The rest of them were uh, just, you know, three-game sets. Here are your series winners. The Minnesota Twins over your Baltimore Orioles. Orioles salvaging the series on Sunday. Looked like they were going to get swept. 
the Orioles have not been swept this year. Just like the floor of my bathroom. Whoa, not man, swept this year, baby. That's big time. Are they the only team that can say that? Probably. I'm not sure. Uh, the D-backs over the Angels. Um, Shohei Otani maybe just had the best month any baseball player has ever had. Just wanted to mention that. Also, we should have a conversation about him hitting 60 home runs probably, maybe. Okay, all right. We'll do that another time. Uh, the Mets over the Giants. Mets over the Giants. Okay, sure. Yay, Mets. Woohoo! Everything's better. Giants offense uh, maybe regressing a little bit there. Nationals over the Phillies. How about that? Nationals, what a road trip for them. Uh, credit to them for, for beating some decent teams, I guess. Uh, Cardinals over the Yankees. And that was a sloppy one. Guardians over the Cubs, uh, getting their revenge for 2016. Love to see that. Raise the, the banner. Brewers, raise the banner. Raise the banner. Uh, we won a July series uh, seven years later. Um, the Brewers over the Pirates, despite an all-time walk-off homer celebration from Carlos Santana. Oh, what a guy. Can we talk about that? Sure. Carlos Santana. It's our podcast. Is the most entertaining 100 OPS plus player in the world. He's the best. Now, I will say, Mariners Twitter, like, shitting their pants, like, this is why the Mariners suck now is because they don't have Carl Santana. No, that's, that's not true. Uh, it would be nice to still have him around. That's, that's not the case. But he is a, such an overwhelming, fun player to have on your team who has had an amazing career. Like, quietly one of, like, the 20 best Dominican hitters of all time. Um, he has been outstanding. Crazy amount of longevity. Clearly still impactful. And just knows how to have a good time. An ultimate immediate vibe boost to your clubhouse. Yeah. He seems incredibly likable. He has not been objectively great since 2019, but teams continue to employ him for a reason. Mm -hmm. And he, the thing about Santana that's really awesome to me is he is 37 years old. 10 years ago. We would never have a 37-year-old player dancing like this after hitting a walk-off home run. This is representative of how our sport has changed for the better over the last decade. Now, there's a lot of things that need to be fixed, and I think baseball culture can still be more welcoming to players who want to enjoy themselves, duh. But when you have older, experienced veterans like Santana ripping off bar mitzvah dances seven feet from home plate after Jack and a walk-off. Right. That lets the younger players know that in certain moments they're allowed and not just allowed, but encouraged to enjoy themselves. And so, yes, it's awesome to see like LOL Santana's dancing. I think there's a second level of joy to it for me that is super awesome. I mean, the Pirates, as we've seen over the past few months, are quite a flawed team. It is a very volatile Roster, but yeah, him and Kutch, it doesn't get much better than that in terms of the veterans to be leading the way. Uh, The Reds taking a series over the Padres. I was there on Friday for the Spencer Steer walk-off. It was absolutely fantastic. The Spencer Steer walk-off into the Taylor Swift concert. Uh, Can't believe Cincinnati survived, but very impressive stuff. Padres put a stomping on them on Saturday, but then again, just another close loss. Padres fans, that we need to, we'll have to have a longer Padres conversation. I don't know if we'll have time before All Star, but we're certainly going to have to talk about them more. The Royals taking a series from the Dodgers. Uh, I don't know. I guess this probably says more about the Dodgers than the Royals, but this was a weird one. There was a great quote from Dave Roberts, manager of the Dodgers, who was basically like, Yeah, they did a bunch of hit and runs, and we just <laughs> didn't really know what to do. 
Oh, that's great. That's <laughs> that. Talk about a trap series, right? Dodgers are like fuck, whatever. Like we're in Kansas City. Like we should sleepwalk to victory, and we don't. This is from Ann Rogers, who covers the Royals. Quote. Those guys outplayed us. It's a different brand of baseball. Putting the ball in play, hitting behind runners and stealing bases. Excellent at situational hitting. To be quite honest, we couldn't keep up. That's how they beat us. Dave Roberts is like, yeah, like they're not good. We haven't seen anything like this at all, all year. He's like, yeah, excellent situational hitting. Um, when what situations this is the team with the lowest ops in the league <laughs> this is this is like the worst offense so i mean i guess if you're saying you're a good situational hitter that means you're a bad hitter right so like relatively they're good at the situation because they're bad all the other times this is when a manager one of my favorite things in baseball if a manager or a broadcaster says that a ball player can do a lot of different things for your team. That means they are not good. Yeah. If you can do a lot, you know who can do a lot of different things? Shohei Otani. Exactly. Have you ever heard Phil Nevin say, you know, yeah, we really like this Otani guy. He can do a lot of different things for a ball club pitch. You had that quote basis. from Perry Manassian earlier where he basically did say that and we made fun of it for that exact reason. But um uh, yeah. Anyway, but Royals, yes. Sorry, lowest OPS plus. I guess the the A's technically have the lowest OPS, but after that offensive showing over the weekend against the Dodgers, they they boosted their numbers there a little bit. Um, talk about an all-time irrelevant. This is perfect. Tigers over the Rockies in Colorado. Um, I believe the Tigers hit for the home run cycle in one of these games. Like this is this, you know, this reminds me of when the D-backs suck and they go to Colorado. And they, you know, put up, you know, 60 combined runs over the course of the <laughs> over the course of the weekend. It's just great, irrelevant baseball. And I'm sure like 90,000 people enjoyed it over the course of the weekend. If you listen to the show and you watched 10 innings or more of this series and you are not employed to do so, send us an email. Let us know why you did that. I I would love to know more about this uh, about this series. Um, all right. What, who else do we have left? Oh, the Mariners won a series. It's a miracle. The Rays weird struggles on the road sort of continue. Um, Mariners still look like crap for a lot of this series, but they eke out two wins that they desperately needed. They will take that to San Francisco and then Oakland getting the series dub over the White Sox. Some horribly embarrassing White Sox defense at points along the weekend. That is just that team continues to go in the wrong direction. Then the last series, an opportunity of sorts, a four game set. Friday to Monday between the Rangers and Astros. Astros up 2-1 in that series. They will complete that tonight in Arlington. Quick reactions from the Aroldis Chapman trade. Chapman, who was big poo-poo for the Yankees last year after he got that abscess on his leg and then didn't make the postseason roster. And oh, well, let, let's the remember. Royals. He didn't show up. Remember, he just decided, oh, no, I'm not going to show up and even give my chance ch myself a chance to make the roster. He just said, peace. Like, I am not interested in even giving myself to pitch uh, in a competitive setting. And so he signs with the Royals. Another evidence, he was not interested in pitching in a competitive setting. He's obviously been great this season. He's throwing harder than ever. Not harder than ever, but harder than we've seen him in a while. Throwing really hard. I mean, he's right behind Yohan Duran as the second hardest throwing uh, on average pitcher in the league. And But it was the most obvious trade piece ever. 
Of course, it's not like the Royals care whether he wants to pitch in high-leverage situations or not. And so they trade him to the Rangers, a team, a contender, certainly in need of bullpen help. And we saw him pitch uh, yesterday, and he was throwing hard, and the Rangers lost anyway because I think the rest of their bullpen, which, like, I saw some tweet. I, I, love, I think it was Alden Gonzalez. Like, I love Alden, the best. But, like, I saw some tweet that was, I think he was like, they've added Aroldis Chapman to Will Smith and Josh Spores. Like, what a trio. And I was like, like, I know those guys have been good, but I don't know if that's making me feel super great about them in October. So, uh, and that showed yesterday. So, I mean, predictable, like, you know, no one wants to read for Chapman. Rangers, not surprised they're the team to do it. Whatever. The Rockies would have extended him. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, Cole Reagan's, sure, good pitching prospect, first round pick. I mean, the Royals need any sort of semblance of like young, talented arms and pitch well in his AAA. Uh, outing yesterday and so i hope he's something for the royals sake they got him in a dsl outfielder who we won't see for 20 years so um i hope they got something for him for for their troubles yesterday night jordan while the world was watching sunday night baseball on espen i was locked in on minor league baseball tv to watch alec manoa's first televised appearance since like easter whenever i actually don't know when easter is i'm jewish anyway so in a while and he was pitching for the AA New Hampshire Fisher Cats. So the first thing I really that hit me was a year ago, Manoa was selected to his first All-Star game. And in Los Angeles, he was one of the stories of the event. Remember, he was talking to himself on the mound. He was mic'd up. He was emotive. He was becoming a superstar. And in the last year, his life has changed in a lot of different ways. He got blown up by the Mariners in the postseason game in the wild card round, and then showed up this year. It just wasn't the same. A lot has been made of why the Blue Jays are trying to figure that out. They gave him a month to kind of decompress and work on some stuff at the complex in Florida. He made one outing in a non-competitive setting against complex league hitters and got blown up. And then this start in double A against a pretty good prospect-wise Red Sox double A Portland Seadogs team. Kind of his first outing in the minors. Weird Sunday night. Wet, rainy, cold in New Hampshire. Not a lot of people there. And Alec Manoa looked pretty solid. In the first couple innings, he hit a couple batters and was a little shaky in terms of his command. But he was up to 95. The fastball looked good. And for lack of a better description, he looked like Alec Manoa, um, especially as the outing wore on. And I was struck by what this wasn't. I tuned in hoping to see something strikingly different, something visually different where he was out of sorts or he was rattled or there was some sort of distinct sign that Alec Manoa had changed or still was not himself. I did not see this. It looked like a regular Alec Manoa start. And I think that is also notable. And there's still a lot of time for him to get back to where he was. But watching him yesterday made me way more confident we'll see him in the big leagues this year. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't think he was doomed to never return. Um, you know, again, we last saw him June 5th was his last major league outing when he got one out against the Astros. Is that when Easter is? Uh, I think that's a little bit later, but closer to Easter than now. Um, but uh, yes, uh, I would think we'll see him again soon. I doubt we'll see him before the All-Star break at this point, um, unless they're rushing him back for some reason. But yeah, it was it was nice to see him. Yeah, he struck out 10. 
um, you know, allowed three hits over those five innings. And again, like you, it's different than doing it against the actual Red Sox, but it's still encouraging that he's clearly that they felt comfortable enough to even send him to Double A. Right? Everyone freaked out over that that complex league outing, and like clearly they had seen enough to say, okay, that's fine. We're still comfortable sending you to Double A, and he did well. So I hope we see him back. And uh, yeah, there's a, there's a version of this, as you mentioned, it's been a very different season from the last year, but there's a version of this where he comes on down the stretch. And even if he's not one of the best pitchers in the league, if he can help the Blue Jays, who, as we can tell, are going to need every game is going to be absolutely massive for the Blue Jays in the second half. And so if he can help them in any way, in that sense, it'll it'll be huge. A lot of other fan bases, I think, don't like Manoa because he opens his mouth. I think Yankees fans, Red Sox fans, Orioles fans, even Rays fans don't like him because of how he... Yankees fans, you kidding me? Yankees fans are like, uh, they couldn't enjoy him giving up 10 runs to the FCL Yankees more than anybody, you know? Me as a relative neutral, anybody who opens their mouth in baseball and does so in a way that isn't heinous or rude... Yeah, he's he's no... Like, the dude's a fun-loving guy. Like, of course, he talks shit and he... He clearly has been humbled in some way, but like he hasn't, no one thinks he's a bad person, but fans can't help themselves. So they're laughing all the way. Do you understand where this guy would rank in the talk shit rankings in the NBA? He would be like <laughs> the most boring guy in the league. And he talks shit in baseball and we think he's some sort of nut. I, yeah. I'm pro Alec Manoa. Anything totally. else, Jordan, that we need to mention? I guess our friend of the show, Carlos Rodon, is going to make his first start of the year on Friday against the Cubs. Hopefully that goes well. Wednesday's show, yeah. Wednesday's show, just so everybody knows, will be a draft preview. Lock in. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, the draft is now less than a week away. It is now part of All-Star Weekend. All kinds of fun rumors flying. The mock drafts are all over the place. And uh, it's getting spicy, folks. So I know the draft might not be as big of an event as the other sports, but we're going to make it a big event. We are very excited for this draft. And uh, yeah, we're going to we're going to devote a lot of time to it on Wednesday before we indeed head to Seattle. So much fun stuff planned in Seattle. All kinds of futures game content coming your way. Of course, brought to you by SiriusXM, the SiriusXM All-Star Futures game. We will be interviewing all kinds of those players as well as doing derby content, All-Star game, draft, the whole, uh, well, we can't say the whole nine yards because that's, that's you know, the whole 90 feet. How about that? Um, <laughs> but But yes, so we are very excited for that. A Wednesday will be a normal show in that respect. But until then, thank you all for listening. Thank you to Isabella Joseph for producing this episode. Chris Tyler is out. Disrespectful, Chris, taking your July 4th holiday. You're not even American. What is, Unbelievable. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> like, bro, come on. Taking July 4th off, you're not even American. Uh, thank you, Jake, for co-hosting with me. And you can email us at baseballbarbacast at gmail.com. As always, Jake, look concerned. Why are you concerned? This podcast is over. What's the problem? Something's wrong with my foot, Jordan. All right. Well, Jake's going to go figure that out. And we will be back on Wednesday to see if Jake figured out what's wrong with his foot. I snubbed my toe. Serious XM Podcasts.